Are you ready to head down the path to an abundant retirement? We're tackling the topics of the mind of the modern retiree. Here on Navigating an Abundant Retirement Radio. And now your host, Carol Dewey. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Navigating an Abundant Retirement. I am your host, Carol Dewey. Today, we have something a little different. We are going to share an excerpt from an enlightening conversation we had over on our sister podcast, Legacy Leaders, which I co-host. Now, if you've been tuning in, you know that we frequently discuss the importance of comprehensive financial planning for our golden years. But what often gets overlooked in this process is how our choices could impact our families after we're gone. That's why I want to bring to your attention a particular subject that arose during our conversation with an expert estate planning attorney on legacy leaders. She discussed a fundamental but often misunderstood aspect of estate planning, and that's the designation of life insurance beneficiaries. The example she used was both profound and enlightening, revolving around a scenario where you, intending to secure the future of your minor children, name a relative like your sister as your life insurance beneficiary with the hope that she would use those resources to care for your children if necessary. But what happens if your sister predeceases you and you don't change your beneficiary designation? There's a possibility that the insurance proceeds may not reach your children as you intended. This critical point underscores why it is sometimes better to designate a trust rather than the individual as your life insurance beneficiary. Now, as we delve into this topic, I want you to consider how you have structured your own plans and if they indeed um, ensure the protection and support of those you love the most. So without further ado, let's listen to this insightful discussion from Legacy Leaders. I hope you enjoy the conversation. Welcome to our Legacy Leaders podcast. I am one of the co-hosts, Carol Dewey, and I have Sully Rodriguez-Saez with me today. And she is an estate planning attorney. I'm going to let her tell you a little bit about her background and how she got started. Hi, Sully. Welcome to our show. Carol, so nice to be uh, like here with you and, and your amazing podcast. I have to congratulate you for taking the initiative of doing a podcast that has uh, so much uh, information that it's needed. Everyone needs this. So it's just so uh, refreshing to know that there's people out there doing this. So yay. Uh, my, name, <laughs> my name is Sully Rodriguez. As uh, Carol mentioned, I am from Puerto Rico, born and raised. And then I moved here to Florida in 2010. And I have my two bar exams from Puerto Rico and from Florida. And I don't know, a lot of you may not know, but Puerto Rico is kind of part of the U.S. We're a commonwealth. So a lot of things translate from one place to the other. However, we still follow the civil codes from the 1930s and from like the Spaniard laws. So I can relate to a lot of countries in Latin America that follow all of those types of, of laws, especially when it comes to succession planning and all of that. And um, and then here, common law. Yay. Uh <laughs> So uh, I, like I said, I'm from Puerto Rico, and I, when I moved here, I did a little bit of family law for a while, and then I was like, uh-uh. <laughs> no. <laughs> no? <laughs> I'm good. 
Um, but I've always been interested in um, in finding something that I can feel that I'm fulfilling some sort of purpose and I'm helping people. And to me, this uh, type of law, which is state planning and probate, is is that is um, guiding people and their families and the people they like and they don't like <laughs> That's to, true. to move forward. And, you know, we've worked so hard throughout our lives to get what we have. And it's like, it's your, your sweat <laughs> and tears. And um, then all of a sudden we, we all know what's going to happen at some point, of course, sorry, if you didn't know, <laughs> but um you know, it's it's good that we we find ways on how to leave that to the people that we care about and try to avoid the court system if we can. So that's a little bit about me. Um, I'm sure I have a lot of stories. So, <laughs> well, when I was when I was reading up on some of the things that you you know how you got to where you are, it didn't seem like you really took the the regular track to law. So what was it about law school or estate planning that really attracted you to to come into this side of the business? So I do have a kind of like a you would think it's a normal story but not really ish. <laughs> so my background, I did my bachelor's in advertising, public relations and dramatic arts. As you can see I'm very dramatic and I move my hands a lot. Um, so that I wanted to do a master's in advertising and or public relations. And I was so sure I was going to go to BU. I was going to be like, yeah, this is it. I have my life figured out. Uh, I did a lot of, I was telling Carol, I did a lot of, uh, TV production, radio production and theater production and all that. So that was my thing. And, um, I come from a family of attorneys. So my mom was a prosecutor for many years. My grandmother was an attorney. My grandfather was an attorney. My dad is the only one that saved himself from this. And then my sister is a judge. So, um, well, at that time she wasn't already an attorney, but not a judge. But, you know, I come from a family of attorneys and all throughout my life, I was like, nope, that's not me. I'm never going to be an attorney. Nope. Nope. Oh, you're going to be an attorney just like your mom. No. So I tried to avoid the attorney path as much as I can. But I was avoiding it because they were criminal attorneys. And I've never been into that type of law. So when the time came of me deciding to, if I wanted to go to uh, do my master's in BU, as I thought that I was going to be doing, I, I thought that I was going to stay one year, like working at an advertising agency and then, you know, apply for my master's and all of that. Well, around that time, my mom was like, why don't you take the LSAT? Why? Why? Just see how it goes. If you don't like it, that's fine. You can just be one year. And if you don't like it, it's good. It's good. And I knew that my mom was going to be like, here, if I didn't do it, right? So I was like, I don't think I really have any other choice. I did. But, you know, I wanted my mom to be happy. I wanted myself to be happy. And I was like, okay, I'll just take the LSAT. If I get into law school, I'll just like, whatever. I'll wing it one year. It's fine. 
But then I moved away from my house. I went to a law school that was far away from my house. And granted, my mom was also a law school professor in the in the University of Puerto Rico, which is one of the best um, universities there. <clears throat> I was like, I cannot be in my mom's shadow, you know. So I have to go and find my path. And that's what I did. So I went to law school in another town. And while I was there, I was having so much fun and loving everything there. <laughs> I was like, I think I can do this for three years. I'm good. So I did. <clears throat> and then when I was there, I realized that I had uh, a lot of passion for helping families and, and figuring out what could be done to help people, you know? Um, <clears throat> so a lot of the subjects that I was interested in was um, uh, estates. And then also um, family law and some torts. So I was like, I can save the world with this profession. <laughs> when I graduated from law school, I moved here to Florida and I started working at a personal injury law firm as a paralegal. And I realized that the world doesn't necessarily work the way that I thought it did. So <laughs> from there, I uh, went to practice uh, family law. And family law was very intense, very intense, very intense. And I saw that families were not necessarily on the good side. They were mostly suffering and then they would take it all on to you. You know, like I was responsible for their issues and, and things like that. Of course, they would blame someone. And I was like, after two kidnapping cases, I was like, no, I really don't like this. So I was like, working with a law firm that was already doing some state planning and probate. And I realized, oh, I really like this. So I started doing that and I saw the potential of helping people. They left the office with a smile on their faces and they were like, so thankful. And I was like, okay, I think I can do this. I really like this. I feel like I'm helping the world. So that's what I did. And um, I went on my own uh, during COVID. No, not before, not knowing that COVID was coming. And when COVID was hit, um, I was, um, well, right before that, just right there, I received a call from a, a, a family member. And he's like, I need you to help a friend of mine. And I'm like, what happened? And he's like, he is 41 years old. And he was just, um, he received the, the news that his cancer is not good and we know what's going to happen. Or like, oh, wow. And he's like, yeah, I need you to come him to see him in the uh, at the hospital and, and talk to him to see what he needs. So I went there, met with him, the nicest human being that you can ever imagine. Uh, he was a TV producer for one of the biggest um, Hispanic networks here in, in the U.S. And um, I sat down with him and, and we talked and talked and talked. And he, at the end of the day, he was like, this is all I want. And I, I need to create scholarships and I need to write. I'm writing this book and I want this book to be published. And um, I need this to be my money to be used for this and this and this and this and this. And I'm like, okay, let's do it. So I sat down and I drafted his trust and I created this whole legacy plan for him. And when he passed, um, they did a huge celebration of his life at uh, the biggest TV network here in Miami. And <clears throat> they invited me. And when I was there, we we're talking about like thousands of people were there. 
And then they were streaming this, broadcasting this to different um, other places that they had their network, right? Mm-hmm. And they started reading the things that he had left and his legacy. And I started bawling. I was like, oh my God, what I do has a purpose. This is my purpose. So that gave me the reason why I was doing what I needed, what I'm doing and what I do. And I'm most likely, um, I, I help a lot of Hispanic um, folks out there because we come from different, like I said, uh, systems. So a lot of them don't even understand what they can do here in the U.S. They don't, they don't really know what the extent of their planning could, you know, entail. So I do, uh, I, I took the initiative from there on to do conferences and I just go to Hispanic groups or, I mean, not only Hispanic groups, but everywhere. I just put the word out there. I'm like, planning, 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 please plan. And uh, most mostly for incapacity as well, because, you know, they call and then they're like, oh, my dad or my mom are going through this. And I'm like, are they capable? Are they able to sign a document? Are they here? Mm-hmm. Present? Oh, right. no, they're not. And I'm like, I'm so sorry. I cannot help you, you know. So those are the things that really move me and that have created my path that it's as you know, <laughs> it's not a typical path, but it has, it, it sort of is, but it's not, <laughs> but it, uh, it's what moves me. Definitely what gives me purpose. That's so. awesome. I mean, you can tell that you have a whole lot of passion for what you're doing now. And, you know, it sounds like it, at least part of your ideal client is still in the Hispanic community. Is there anything else that you would add to like who your who your ideal client would be to work with? So technically, it's of course anyone that's um, gonna. If you know anyone that's gonna die at some point in their lives, I can help them. <laughs> uh, but <laughs> no, mostly um, I would say that my sweet spot is anyone with um, around the ages of like thirties till. 60s because they are the generation that has to take care of their children and their parents right and um baby boomers you know and I put like I call my parents like all the time and they call me hey with questions and stuff and I'm like ah baby boomers baby boomers (laughs) (laughs) um but yeah we take care of our parents and take care of our children so Anyone, mostly yes, Hispanic community, but I I take care of everyone. And um, one of the, I have my practice, but I also work with another practice that uh, we specialize in asset protection. So it doesn't matter how much money a person has. The important goal here is to make sure that we find a plan that works for them, particularly, and then for their family members that they will have to take care of regardless at some point. So, okay. Well, if somebody wants to work with you, how do they find you? Uh, well, they can find me to uh, using my phone number. <laughs> 954-947-6053. And then if it's solely at um, W, oh no, I'm sorry. S Rodriguez at WF 
wfplaw.com. Okay. And the website is, I think it's wfplaw.com. <laughs> I <can't Awesome>. <laughs> also, Polia Trust SRSlegal.com. Great. And are there any um, misconceptions that people have that you've run into that you really want to kind of set the record straight on at this point? Sure, you've heard this a thousand times, but a will doesn't skip probing. <laughs> That's true. When I do my conferences, I bring props and uh, I make them very interactive because I want people to pay attention, right? So I even have Monopoly money and everything. Don't steal my ideas, people out there. Okay. <laughs> um, but um, one of the things I do is I sit down, like those attorneys that you see in the movies that are like almost dead, and then they all like roll the will that, you know, old and, you know, falling apart. Yeah. Um, they start reading like the script of like, oh, the wanna goes to so-and-so, the house goes to only my child that cared for me forever, la, la, la. And this, all of these kids are disinherited. And they're like, <laughs> right? Well, people think that that's how it works because that's what portrayed it's portrayed out there. And it doesn't, it doesn't work like that. It's a simple document. It's a will is a document and it always has to go through the courts unless they decide, you know, um, did the beneficiary designations or something beforehand. But uh, that's a big thing. And also uh, you don't, the, like we were talking about incapacity, don't wait until someone is going through something for yeah. them to have documents in place. And by documents, I mean, just get a power of attorney and a healthcare surrogate. Um, those documents will save lives, literally. And especially um, for children that turn 18. Uh, most of the parents are like, oh, they are always good. They, they will always be our children, you know? And I think that I can make decisions for them and I can go into the bank and they are going to tell me the information or I can make a healthcare de decision. Mm -hmm. uh, ooh, it doesn't work like that. Uh, also spouses, they think that because they're married, they can just go into the bank account of like the spouse, if it's in the <laughs> title, just in his or her name, and be like, yeah, I'm the spouse of so-and-so. I can, can I have access to the account so I can pay this and this? Uh, where's the power of attorney? <laughs> oh, no, but we've been married 25 years. Uh, doesn't work like that. I'm sorry. So... Right. I would say that incapacity documents are the most important documents that any human being, just because they're humans and they are alive, should have. Mm -hmm. Just everybody needs one. And the guardians for the children as well, because if something happens and God forbid you're gone, mm -hmm. uh, you're just, if you have it not designated who's going to stay with your child, especially if you're alone here. It's just like a free Willy Wonka ticket to the foster care system. Here you go. Here's my child. Woo. Bye. Um, so those are documents that really everybody, everybody needs. Well, you were able to share with us a really great story about the TV producer guy that, you know, that was a, a success story. Are there any um, that or more of the horror story type where it's like here 
buyer beware or, you know, if you don't take care of these things, this is the kind of thing that can happen? This happened recently one that um, I saw a lady, I think it was November or December. um, And then she came to my office. She was a referral from a personal injury attorney. And we sat down, super nice lady. And she's telling me that one of her sons is the one that has been taking care of her for a long time, that the other kids don't really care about her and that, you know, she feels bad. So she brought this document to me saying it was her will. And I'm like looking at the document, I'm like, well, it does look like it was a nice try to come up with a will. Um, but this is what's wrong with this document. And I started stating, okay, this doesn't have witnesses. It wasn't signed here. It doesn't have a notary stamp, but like, well, many things, right? And um, and she was leaving to her son most of her assets because, you know, he was always taking care. He was even paying for the house that they lived in. So long story short is that these kids call me. I think it was like a month a month and a half ago, and they're like, well, my mom passed. Um, I Do you have her documents? I'm like, she never came back. And we followed up with her many times, but she never came back. And they were like, what? I'm like, yeah, she did it. So we have nothing. And he's like, well, she had a will. And I'm like, um, that was an invalid will, which I clearly stated to her that it was an invalid will. So good luck. I mean, I, I'm here if you need me to help you with the probate process, but this is how it's going to go. All of the kids are going to receive equally, blah, 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 blah. And this guy was devastated. Mom didn't take action. It's not like we know when our expiration date comes or <laughs> is. So, and it happens a lot to me that they, a lot of people call me like, oh, my dad is in the hospital. I don't know how long we have. Um, I even have drafted documents for people and then I've sent them and it's just too late. They just weren't able to sign them. Um, so it's just sad when it happens. And and the saddest part is when I have to say, I'm sorry, I cannot help you. This is way like you need guardianship. You just need to go through the court system at this point. And it happens so often, so often that, you know, it's not even about distributing the assets. It's just taking care of the person that is incapacitated. So, Well, it sounds like you're passionate enough about what you do that they don't actually have to come to your office. You, You will actually go see them where they are if that's necessary. Oh, yes. I... It all depends. Of course, I like them to come to me. <laughs> no, I'm not a mobile attorney everywhere. <laughs> no, but, but, but most of the times, if uh, I mean, when it's something that really needs my action right away, definitely. Or I can always make the arrangements. And uh, for capacity purposes, I do have my mobile notaries are very aware that if the person is not able to understand what's happening or signing, I mean, I'm not putting my license at risk <laughs> for anyone, mm-hmm. nor their license. So mm-hmm. I'm very strict about those things. But as much as I can do to help uh, a person that is going through rough times, definitely I'm there. Uh, but the important message is please plan ahead. Please, please. You think that you don't need those documents, but you will. You never know. You never know. 
what could happen. So very good advice. Very good advice. Because I have in my industry too, in the financial services industry, I I experience a lot of the similar things that you do in uh in in the law practice of just trying to get people to understand how important it is to really, you know, take care of things ahead of time. Nobody likes to talk about their ultimate demise, but um, it's, it's a reality. It happens to all of us. One, some live longer than others and, but it, it does happen. So one thing real quick that gave me also purpose was recently I went to a trip to Costa Rica and it was for New Year's. And on the 31st of December, I was just having a picnic with my friends, literally in front of the ocean, sitting on this beach mats. Beautiful. Nice. All of a sudden something bit me. And I was like, oh, I feel itchy. And it started to get really bad. And I went running to the reception so I could get something. And they only had Benadryl. And I was like, this is definitely way more serious than that. I was like, my skin was already like covered in bombs. And I was getting all dizzy and blah, blah, blah. So long story short, I completely passed out. And they ended up giving me the Benadryl, which was just here. And I couldn't even, um, you know, swallow it. And I was gone. I was gone. And all of the, the only thought I had, it was my son, my son, my son, my son, my son. And um, well, they were able to take me to the hospital and I could think that the Benadryl started kicking in right just there. And I only... Like, I was just thinking, oh, my God, thankfully, I have my stuff in place because I could have been gone just right there. And I'm still young. I mean, <laughs> but I'm, I'm still young. So, um, you know, it's like these things happen out of the blue. You don't know. You don't know. So I was like, yes, I do need to put the word out there that, you know, this could happen to anyone. And it was yeah. beautiful because I posted on it uh, on on Instagram and Facebook and everything. Not because I wanted pity from people. Just plan and let the people that let the people that you know that you love let them know that you you love them. You know, just spread the word. Tell them how much you care for them. Forget about stupid you know fights and things in life. Just erase it. Just let them know you love them. And uh, and then I started getting all these messages like, oh my god. I hope you're good. Oh, I read this from you. And I was like, ah. <laughs> um, but yeah. I'm glad it all worked out because it sounds like it was a terrifying experience. But, <laughs> but very, very, uh, you know, nice personal story to kind of wrap things up. But is there um, any last bit of advice other than that that you want to share or you want to share with us also one more time how people can get a hold of you yes sure a real well, one th- uh, one thing that i thought about real quick when you mentioned the financial industry and all of that with life insurance is please name the trust if you have children uh as the beneficiary don't name your brother or your sister to take care take that money to take care of your children because if they pass away, then that money goes to their children or their spouses and not your children as you intended for them Very to. Good point. Very good point. <laughs> yes. 
It happens a lot as well. <laughs> it does. It does. That is it terrifying. Does Sorry. <laughs> but uh, yes, uh, you can reach me at solely at Trust SRS Legal or S Rodriguez at WFP Law. Uh, com. And my phone number, it's 954-947-6053. That's great. Thanks so much, Sully, for sharing all of this with us. Thank I you. appreciate you coming on and, and spending some time with me today. Thank you so much for having me. I love it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Awesome. Thank you. You should consult a financial advisor familiar with the specific circumstances of your unique financial situation before making any financial decisions. Nothing in this broadcast constitutes as a solicitation for the sale or purchase of any securities. Any mentioned rates of returns are historical or hypothetical in nature and are not a guarantee of future returns. Carol Dewey is an investment advisor representative of Perpetual Wealth Financial, a Florida-registered investment advisor firm.